right, welcome into the first News for Jags podcast. We're right knocking on the football season. I'm Jamal Saints here with News for Jags. I'm here with Justin Barney, and we'll help to make sure you're caught up on everything you need to know. And what a time to be alive in Jaguars land. Still does not feel like Trevor and Urban are wearing teal and black. Right? It's almost strange to think about it. How bad last year was. I know you know you really want to block out that one win season, uh, but you, you almost have to be thankful for Doug Marone and Gardner Minshew because without the two of them and the rest of that team putting together that one win season, there's no Urban Meyer. And if there's no Trevor Lawrence and that number one overall pick, Urban Meyer's definitely not here. So it's almost like a perfect storm. It was, and Dave Caldwell too. You can't leave out Gardner and Doug and Tom Coughlin. I mean, he drafted David Bryan, Leonard Fournette. I mean, all those guys helped join in for that period of failure. we so, got to make sure that all of them get a Christmas card from Jags fans everywhere. That's right. <laughs> you, <laughs> want to, you want to see the Jags do good, but, again, yeah. it brought you, Trevor, 1-15. I mean, it was a terrible season, but let's be honest, it's, it's paved the way for uh, better things to come. Oh, yeah, and, and hopefully much bigger and much better things. So uh, we hope that this is the last time that we're talking about a one-win season. So those guys will definitely be getting Christmas cards. And who knows, maybe if the Jaguars win a Super Bowl one day, uh, Shai Khan will make sure all of them get a ring as a thank you. I don't <laughs> know if Urban would be around on this earth if there was a one-win season. He takes losses hard. We've seen that in the past. Um, so one win season may be uh, maybe enough to run Urban Meyer out of town. Let's hope not. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're about right on that. And um, I, I guess let get get us to the week one because Urban would like to start his tenure with the Jaguars one and zero as he takes on the Texans, who are expected to be the worst team in the league this year. So everyone thinks the Jaguars will start the year with a win. How comfortable are we saying that? Uh, you know, it's tough to say because we don't even know much about this Texans team. With David Culley taking over, what does the offense look like? We don't know. What does what, Tyrod Taylor look what, like? What, you know, what's <laughs> I, I can't believe. I mean, the Texans, they went from having Deshaun Watson last year. Um, I mean, J.J. Watt, Laramie Tunsil, big building block on offensive line. And you go back and only one of those big pieces is still with the team. I mean, what a travesty. What a dumpster fire. I know people like to laugh at Jacksonville. But good grief, Tech, the Texans, I don't know if there's been a worse team. You know, several years ago, the Jaguars were favored to lose historically against Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos in, in Mile High, and they wound up covering the spread. But that team wasn't as bad as I think what we're going to see this weekend in Houston. Right, and and that's why that's what worries me a little bit going into it. It's almost a, a perfect storm of the Jaguars have to win this game. Like This is a game that... Nobody wants to call a must-win because it's like, well, it's against the Texans. The Texans are supposed to be terrible. I mean, a dumpster fire of a program right now. But if the Jaguars lose or even struggle in this game, what does that say about the Jaguars team is is what really almost has me a little worried going in. Yeah, I think I think it'll <laughs> pop on Urban Meyer. I think we'll hear things of uh, college coaches, Steve Spurrier, Chip Kelly, those guys. They struggle when they get to the NFL. So I think we'll hear those types of things if – the Jaguars come out and struggle against maybe the worst team in the NFL in the last 15 years. Well, if everything goes right, they win this game. They start things off 1-0. The Trevor Lawrence era, the Urban Meyer era starts with a perfect record. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost many games in his entire life. We expect him to lose a couple this season. Hopefully it's not week one. If the Jaguars' offense is going to have a good weekend, it's going to be because of Trevor. Um 
that Trevor Lawrence is obviously the linchpin for that whole thing. He actually comes into one of the better situations for number one overall pick quarterbacks that we've seen in years. I mean, he's surrounded with wide receivers. Marvin Jones Jr., I think people don't really understand just how good this guy can be. DJ Chark, another guy who has a lot of untapped potential, and I'm a huge LaVisca Chenault fan. I mean, he's the size of Leonard Fournette playing wide receiver. Just get that guy 20 yards down the field and let a cornerback have to make that business decision. Yeah, you know, I, they've got the pieces, and you know, I, my concern is what what offense are we going to see? Are we going to see what we saw in that Cowboys game where things looked so up-tempo, it looked great, Trevor was was comfortable in the pocket, comfortable moving out of the pocket, or are we going to see what we saw in those first two weeks? You know, I know Urban said he, he hates vanilla offenses. This is what we saw in those first two weeks of the season are not going to be what they look like. So I'm hoping that Jacksonville looks like they did against Dallas, where they they moved, they ran more of an up tempo offense. And uh, you should be able to do it against a Texans team that is uh, that is not good on either side of the ball. Yeah, hopefully that momentum just took the short drive a little bit south from Dallas down to Houston so they can keep on rolling. Because, I mean, Trevor Lawrence and that offense looked perfect against the Cowboys. I think we'll see a few things that, that we haven't seen. I know Urban even expressed some of those frustrations of just how bland the offense had been because he wanted to see them open that playbook up, but they didn't. So hopefully this will be a good sign and the Jaguars can hang some points on the Texans early, get Trevor Lawrence really rolling. Um, another guy that obviously we, we – it's tough to forget, but he doesn't. Even if he was in the room with us right now, we wouldn't know he was here. James Robinson changed his number New this number week for James. Hey, yeah, rocking the twenty-five. So if you you bought that number thirty jersey, sorry about it. Um, Although but, James, any tweet yesterday about uh, or or Monday about um, you know if you have Jaguars memorabilia with my number thirty on it, show me. You know I want I want to do something for you because I don't have that number anymore. So that was a pretty uh, pretty cool gesture by James. Yeah, he's offering to sign a lot of them and, and make that happen. So that is a cool gesture, but hopefully the new number helps him uh, put some new highlights out on the field. If James Robinson can get off to a, a great start to the year, that'd be huge for Trevor Lawrence, really getting him rolling. And Urban Myers made it clear he wants this offense to run the ball early and take some of that pressure off Trevor. But the other thing a good running game takes pressure off of is the defense. Yes, that's uh, true. And I, there's, there's two areas I really want to see. I want to see that defensive line, how they look. I think the secondary is going to be good. We saw flashes in the preseason, but I'm, I'm interested to see that defensive line, and I'm interested to see how that offensive line. We've not seen an intact offensive line in over a year for the Jaguars. I mean, well over a year. So I am interested to see how those guys, you know, I know Ben Barch and uh, Walker Little have kind of, you know, p- played in that in the season, but I want to see Norwell. I want to see Lender. I want to see the guys that are going to be protecting Trevor for hopefully all 17 games this season what they're about. We have not seen it. We know the tackles have been uh, a big problem and, and kind of talked about. This is a prove-it year for both those guys. How are they going to keep Trevor upright and protect him through 17 games? Yeah, and you know, games are won and lost in the trenches, and the Jaguars have question marks on both sides there. The offensive line has continuity, but they really haven't had the performance that you want to see from them. Uh, both tackles have something to prove. Juwan Taylor has all the potential in the world, but what does that mean until you start putting great tape together? We're at that point where he needs to take that step to where he's one of the really good right tackles in the NFL. And Cam Robinson on a franchise tag, and they've basically drafted his replacement. So he's either saying, okay, look, I'm good enough that you're going to pay me and keep Walker Little on the bench, or he's good enough that another team's going to pay him. One way or another, he's got something to prove. And so far we've not seen that from Cam. We've seen a few flashes from him, but it's been a little bit, eh. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's tough to measure things by last year because everything was so broken on this team. But, you know, Cam's body of work 
um, has just not been what you expect it to be, especially from a franchise left tackle. Right, and you, you want to see more consistency from that. The interior of the offensive line has always been steady, but we really need those edge guys. On the other side of the ball in that defensive line, there's really no no marquee guy in that on that defensive line. It's a bunch of solid role players that are put there. There are some guys with some potential. I love Devon Hamilton there in the middle. Huge athletic nose tackle who should be a problem running the ball. I, that's the one thing that I think this defensive line group is going to do so much better than what we've seen before because the Jaguars' run defense has been, I, I don't even know a nice way to put it, it's been awful. Awful. Awful for years. This year, teams aren't going to run on this team. Malcolm Brown's been one of the best run defenders in the NFL for the past five to six years. Devon Hamilton is really starting to come on. He's a huge body. He's athletic. Between those two guys, teams aren't running on this defense. Yeah, that's, you know, I look back to the the years when they brought, they traded for Marcel Darius and that, you know, defensive line kind of started taking shape and they they did well during that run to the AFC Championship game. But talk about a unit that just regressed, I mean, significantly from from that point onward and you know this you mentioned no no stars on that that defensive line but there's that potential there too I mean Devon has played well in the preseason he's got a lot of hype coming out of it you know Josh Allen I think has got to step up you can talk about the extension of that um that defense uh, that defensive front so I think he's got to have a better year Kalevon has got to have a better year um I think you just need to see yes there's no stars on that that three-man front but we've got to see some of these guys take step forwards and you know maybe maybe uh, that preseason game against Dallas will kind of build off of that I know we got a lot of pressure uh, some much-needed pressure in that game from the defensive line. You start hitting some of the guys right on the head. My biggest question mark about this defense is pass rush. If Josh Allen doesn't go out there and have a stellar year, and, and even if he does, if Josh Allen goes out and has 12 sacks, let's say that's a good number for a defensive guy, who else can you trust to be a double-digit sack guy? Caleb Von Chason, plenty of potential, but not, he's only got one yet. sack in his career. How, how can you believe that you have the pass rush? And I, I think they're going to try and manufacture some of it with different blitzes and things like that, but that's the biggest question mark for me is who's going to get to the quarterback. It's like, all right, just outside don't have Josh. It right now. I mean, Josh Allen showed something his rookie year. Last year was a lost cause. Caleb Von did nothing last year. I mean, you had – you know, you mentioned the manufacture sacks, and that's what I look at as a team. You're going to have to almost manufacture those sacks because there's not that, you know, there's not a, obviously an Aaron Donald, there's not a J.J., um, there's not that guy, Miles Garrett, who you think of as a big guy you have to put two two players on to defend, to shop. There's just not that guy on this team. And if Josh Allen has another bad year, you have to start wondering, okay, what what's what's going on with him? Um, he was expected to be that kind of that Miles Garrett kind of guy, and uh, so far I think mixed reviews for him. Obviously, last year injury wise, but you got to have something defensive pressure. I mean, yeah. Lorenti. I mean, do you, what do you have? Um, is he a guy? I mean, that can that could come in and, and. No, he's a special teams guy. Yeah, he's a special teams guy. I mean, it, it's Dewan Smoot, who's and right now he's their second best pass rusher, and his career year was what eight sacks was the best he's ever had, which. You know, we'll take eight sacks from him, but that's not what you need in your the Batman of Josh Allen's Robin. And so Josh Allen's going to get double team, triple team from defenses, and they're going to say, or from offensive lines, and people are going to say, well, let another pass rusher beat us. And who that really puts in a bad spot is the Jaguar secondary. Now, arguably, the Jaguar secondary is one of the most physically talented spots on the team, but 
it's going to be a lot of potential that we're that we're working with there. I mean, you're talking about the only rookie on the offense that's starting is Trevor Lawrence. On the defense, there are two rookies that will probably play big minutes, Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco, both in that secondary. Campbell got me a little worried. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we saw that touchdown he gave up in the preseason, and that's something that we've seen carry over from college where he doesn't really play the ball in the well uh, or ball in the air very well. And if he can ever figure that out, I mean, I love that play against the Saints where he comes completely across the field, tries to make the play, but he ends up running into Shaq and causing the pass interference. And, you know, the guy made a great catch, great Marcus Callaway. But, I mean, he, he, that should have been an interception. I've watched that play like 50 times in a row, and I just kept saying, there's no way he shouldn't have undercut that ball and just picked it off right there on the one and yard bumped, line. Yeah, and bumped him and – it was, again, a great catch, but the closing speed of Tyson was, was pretty impressive. Impressive. I mean, there's no way around it. And I, I I love what I've seen from Andre Sisco. I think he's another guy who has potential to play the ball a lot. Now, I know Urban Meyer scared a lot of people earlier this week because he said, uh, I, I asked him during the press conference if Sisco was going to start at safety. And he said, uh, well, there's an or there. It's either Andre Sisco or Andrew Wingard. We also had an oar with Gardner and Trevor, too, which, which showed uh, nothing. But, you know, hitting back on the, the, the secondary, you know, you look at Jacksonville's last truly great year of performance in that secondary, and that was their run during the AFC Championship game. And, and you had such great pressure on the defensive line. You had um, Calais Campbell. You had Unique. You had Dante as a situational guy. You had that muscle. You had Marcel Darius. Everything that was set up in that secondary was that defensive line and being so disruptive. Um, and you had guy Tayshawn Gibson pick, Jalen Ramsey had a game-saving pick in that uh, Buffalo Bills playoff win. I mean, there's so so many good performances in that secondary. A.J. Boyer was a Pro Bowl guy that year in Jacksonville. So it all started from that defensive front. That's why I think the defensive line is so, so important and how it gels and getting that performer beyond a Dewan Smoot, beyond a Laurent. I mean, somebody coming in and being a situational guy, you've got to have that production from that defensive line. I mean, I think the hope was that that guy might be Roy Robertson Harris, that he would have been a guy who's ready to take this leap and just needed a change of scenery to get there. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, through training camp, through preseason, there's nothing that I've seen from him that says he's ready to be an impact pass rusher. Looks like he'll be a good run defender and a solid player on the defensive line to rotate through, but he doesn't look like a guy that you know you can count on for seven, eight sacks or anything like that. He just hasn't shown that. Huge guy, should be great in the locker room, should be good against the run, but you're still searching for that impact pass rusher. And maybe it's Jordan Smith coming out after he was drafted. He said he was the best guy, best pass rusher in the draft. So yeah, um, Everybody <laughs> says that afterwards. So Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, hopefully it's Jihad Ward because we would love to talk to him at the Pro Bowl one, uh, maybe after this year because he's such a great quote. But that's selfish. Uh, that's selfish. Uh, hey, I love talking to Jihad Ward. I mean, I, I loved just watching him out there at practice. He's the most excited guy on the field every day. He just looks like he loves life. He's out there getting guys excited. Um, you know, I can understand now when why Joe Cullen was just banging the table to get Jihad Ward here to Jacksonville. I mean, when you start talking about wanting to rebuild the culture, they have done such a great job of bringing in culture setters this offseason. I mean, you can talk about Sha- Shaq Griffin. I mean, he's from day one has talked about wanting to make sure he had all the guys at his house on the on the off on the field he's over there off to the side working with guys Jahad Ward is just like the Energizer Bunny hopping around I mean and he's about work um 
And then you got Rayshon Jenkins, who, you know, grew up with Shaq Griffin. So, I mean, you always have that continuity there. They've brought in so many just high-quality guys that are willing to bring that energy on the defensive side. And that defense has been just a little bit uh, flat, to say the least, for the past few years. They won't be flat this year. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Let's hope that energy translates into some Ws. So, I did see ESPN projected Jacksonville to be kind of a dark horse playoff team this year. I mean, I think it's possible. I mean, when you start talking about that the Texans are going to be one of the worst teams in the league, that's two wins right there. Um, I always say the Titans are one injury away from not being a very good team, and that injury is to Uli native Derrick Henry. If Henry goes down, I, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I don't know anybody that does. And then you got the Colts who are hitching their wagon to Carson Wentz to really turn his career around. If Wentz doesn't you know, turn into what he used to be in Philadelphia, how good do the Colts end up being? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you're Jacob Eason. I mean, if yeah. he's healthy, I mean, Ellinger. I mean, the Colts are one injury away, too, from, right. you know, complete bedlam. So it's it's not out of the picture for the, for the Jaguars to somehow win the AFC South or at least be in it late in the season. They have a lot of potential, and I think Urban's talked about it, uh, you know, repeatedly. I think there's a lot of good players. And if you start reading between the lines of a lot of the things that Urban has said about the roster and even look at the number of previous players that he kept on the roster and the starting lineup that he retained I think Urban's bet when he took this job and going into this season is that Doug Marone and that coaching staff were not good coaches and that's why he got rid of most of them and kept a lot of their players saying all right these players are good I like what I see from them but these coaches weren't putting them in a position to succeed if Urban's right on that bet and, you know, hitches his wagon to this and says, all right, well, we're just going to put put these guys in the right spot. we got a new quarterback who's really going to be able to take this thing to the next level. I mean, why not? Well, you have impact. The offense, I think the offense is going to be really good. I think Trevor's going to be able to put up those Justin Herbert-type numbers from last season. The defense, I got questions, but at the very least, if they're serviceable, why not? I mean, you know, how many games do you need to win to get in the playoffs this year? Maybe 10? Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw ESPN had them at nine and eight, um, and the predictions are wild and all over the board, depending on what writer you're looking at with ESPN. But they predicted them to to earn a wild card. And remember, there's 17 games this year, so mm-hmm. um, nine and eight is that uh, aggressive? Would you take nine wins from this Jaguars team? I, I would take nine wins from this Jaguars team in a heartbeat. I don't. That's not the number that I came up with. My number is a little bit lower. I was. I've been swinging at six pretty consistently of I think they're going to be its improvement I mean go from one win to six wins we'll take that that's a 600 percent increase um but yeah I, I think nine's a little bit aggressive but like I said I mean I only picked them to beat the Colts once if Carson Wentz isn't it you know okay that's another one right there so then I'm up to seven and then you know if the Cardinals don't put it together I picked them to lose to the Cardinals that's eight. I mean, there, there's games in there where I was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about this. I think that this team has a schedule that should put them off to a fast start. They should start the year off, you know, with winning two or three of those first five or six games. Yeah, that's start. I mean, the start's impressive, important too. That's it. And that's if if you can get those first couple wins. I mean. The city's going to go be rocking. It's just something different when there's a good football team in town. Fans are desperate for it here, and and Trevor and Urban, man, if they could deliver that, wouldn't that be something? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think it's very doable. If they can come in, come out the gates and start off 2 or 3-0, and when you have such a young team, I mean, the Jaguars are one of the youngest rosters in the league. 
I mean, I think the old, oldest guy on the roster is Marvin Jones Jr., or at least it was at the beginning of the offseason. I don't know if he still is. But if he's the oldest guy in that locker room, this team starts winning, all of a sudden these young guys start feeling confident, like, you know what? I can play in the NFL. All of a sudden, you're like, you can see this thing really start to roll because I think Urban's big thing was, has been, I want these guys to believe that they're winners. And it's easy for a coach to convince you, you know what? We're good. Yo, you know what? We're, we're, we're a winning team on the practice field before you play a game. If you start seeing some of those wins start coming together, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, holy cow, this man knows what he's talking about. You really start to see that buy-in. I mean, the playoffs are could become a possibility. All they have to do is get the ball rolling in the right direction. You see it so much in high school and college, and everybody's so anticipated, excited, pumped up in the preseason. And then <laughs> those weeks one and two, even the Detroit Lions are pumped up right now, and you know the yeah. Texans. And the, this is the it's, it's the the eternal optimism in in preseason is fun to watch. And by week two or three, when you're zero and two or zero and three. Um, it's, you know, like last year with Jacksonville, they won that first game. It was excitement. There was talk about, you know, them sandbagging the year and just quitting and, and you know, number one pick was assured. They won that Colts game and, and you saw that change. We're not going to lay down for anybody. But then you lose the second game and you lose the third game and it's like, okay. That, and you felt that snowball effect when you're sitting at one and two and one and three and totally change it. So for this team, as young as it is, to come out and get a couple wins, which I think the first one comes uh, pretty easily on Sunday – it's going to do something to that locker room. Oh, yeah, you, this, you're right. You hit it right on the head. This is optimism season. Every team's a Super Bowl contender right now. I mean, even the Lions have a reason to have faith. I mean, Dan Campbell, walking soundbite, roster, terrible. But, <laughs> but you know, hey, and that's that's part of it. That's, you know, part of being a fan. You want to see the team do well, and every team has a reason. Right now, everybody loves their rookie players after preseason. Oh, our guy's going to be the next superstar realistically only like two of those players turn into those superstars. So um, obviously there are going to be some letdowns along the way. Uh, all right, let's let's lock in to, to week one. Justin, what do you expect or what do you want to see from the Jaguars against the Texans if they're going to win? I want to see Trevor comfortable in that pocket. I think he's going to – I think we've seen him stand in the pocket against, um, you know, against three defenses and, and play well even though he's not had the protection in front of him. I want to see Trevor stand in that pocket – Feel comfortable. I think if you give Trevor Lawrence time, you're going to see him pick apart uh, teams and, and get this team moving. He, he made some throws in the preseason. That throw to uh, Philip Dorsett in um, – I think it was Philip Dorsett, that first long pass of the, the Cowboys game. Where it was uh, tight, Devin Smith. Was it Devin Smith? Okay. Drive and catch? No, no, no. It was, it was on the, Trevor's first drive against the Cowboys. It was a throw on the sidelines, and he put it right where um, yeah. Dorsett – um, the only Dorsett could have caught it, you know. And that's a throw. That's a professional throw right there. That's not a not a not a rookie throw. I want to see him have time in the pocket, um, get some clean looks downfield, and um, I want to see that defensive line um, perform and get some pressure. I think we've got good guys in the secondary in Jacksonville, and um, that defensive line can get some of that pressure. Um, and, and let those guys in the secondary work. So defensive line and offensive line, I think both fronts, um, that's what I'm looking forward to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I want to see the defensive line rack up a few sacks, really try and get some of those guys feeling confident moving through. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is a little mobile, but this is the opportunity to get those guys like Josh Allen, Caleb Von Chase on, really feeling pretty good, heading into some more difficult matchups down the road. 
on the offense, I, I obviously want to see Trevor Lawrence. I want to see him push the ball down the field. Um, that was the problem with Gardner Minshew in that offense last year. They bogged down. It was like 15-yard passes. There was. I want to see the deep passes. I mean, you got guys like DJ Chark and Marvin Jones Jr. and Chanel. All those guys have wheels. Let, let's, let's drop some bombs. Uh, the, the things that we saw against the Cowboys, those deep balls, I want to see them take the top off a couple of defenses, uh, off the defense, test those safeties out. Even if the passes aren't complete, I just want them trying. Yeah, them. stretching the field like just, they did with Devin Smith. I mean, he laid out for a bunch of great catches by the receivers. Um, you know, Trevor and C.J. Beathard both had some throws downfield that – Gardner Minshew doesn't make last no. year. Jake Luton doesn't make. Uh, it just it did not happen for whatever reason. Intermediate passing was uh, really all Jacksonville's had for the last two years. Yeah, I, and I just that's what I want to see. I just want to see them trying those deep passes because that'll open up James Robinson. And I think James Robinson is a key to this team. If this is going to be a playoff team, James Robinson's going to have to have a big year. Uh, and we're, when I say a big year, I'm talking 1,500 yards possibly for him if this is going to be a playoff contender because you're going to need a consistent run game and in order to do that they got to take those safeties and take them out of the box um so that way we can take some of that pressure off the defense and a little bit of the pressure off Trevor Lawrence we'll have to see how it all comes together and we'll check in with you next week after uh after the first game hopefully we're talking about a 1-0 Jaguars team and how they got things started perfectly in the Urban Meyer era right I think I think it's (laughs) they're favored by three I think they win by seven or eight yeah. Um, I think if they can't beat this Texans team, there's a, a long season ahead. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, I'm, how about uh, thir- Jaguars 30, Texans 21? Yeah, something like that. I would yeah. say 28, uh, 28-20. 28-20? All right. We, we, we'll write those down. We'll have to check in on those next week. Uh, appreciate you listening to the News for Jags podcast, and we'll check in with you again after the Jaguars first game.